welcome to Music, Hope, Word, and Prayer, a podcast of rich music, hopeful prayer, and inspiring meditations with East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, a community church in the greater metropolitan area of Nashville, Tennessee. We are a faith community made up of a loving, welcoming family of believers in honest conversation with God. We seek to emulate the ministry of Jesus through compassionate service, with stimulating and relevant exploration of God's Word, and by sharing that Word and God's many blessings with our neighbors in Middle Tennessee and around the world. Hello and welcome to Music, Word, Hope, and Prayer. This is John Hilly, and we're at East Brentwood Presbyterian Church in the metropolitan area of Nashville, Tennessee. And it's my pleasure to to introduce you. We're going to do a little bit different here in this podcast this week than what we've normally done. We are shooting some video and we'll also be running a podcast. But my new colleague here, Ms. Ajane Holmes, uh, she is our faith formation person and so excited uh, to have you on the team along with uh, the rest of our staff here as we're trying to hold down the fort and advance the gospel uh, here in Nashville, Tennessee. So Ajane, welcome to uh, uh, music word, hope, and prayer. Thank you, John. I'm glad to be here. Good, good. You, uh, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about the nature of your work that you're going to be doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, already, you're well underway. And then I wanted to talk about some of uh, uh, the work that you had done prior to being here, and because I think that's just an interesting conversation. Um, all, all this is against the backdrop of. Um, uh, uh, something that you can see on our service. Uh, I'll put the link on our YouTube channel and of a Facebook page um, back to this past Sunday service, which was called Christ the King Sunday. It's the, it's the liturgical hinge between uh, this long season of Pentecost uh, and then it takes us in to Advent, which is the, the Sunday and uh, begins. And, uh, and so uh, Christ the King, Christ the Reign, it was something that kind of got created to sort of fight some of the fascism and nationalism, uh, the strong arming of, uh, of, of governments and church after World War I. Uh, and interestingly, um, the passage is not one of those explosive, you know, Christ is in the heaven and all as well with the world, the majestic, the seraphim and everybody bowing. But it is Matthew 25, which is the text that the church gets to work with. And, uh, it's a very different picture of Jesus as Christ the King. It is a humbled, stoop Jesus. Let, let me just read. Let me see if I can find it here. What's that Matthew 25, 31 through 46? Yes. All right, let's see. Um, oh, okay, here we go. Um, you, you know it. Uh, whenever you did the least of these, the hungry, the naked, the imprisoned, the poor, those who need a shelter. Those who need shelter, you have done it unto me. And uh, it's in the in the liner notes, Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Uh, a mentor of mine, uh, Becca, you're from, uh, did some time at Columbia University, the teacher's college there for an advanced degree. And uh, up on the Upper West Side is the, the famed Riverside Church built by John D. Rockefeller, um, richest financed by John D. Rockefeller, richest American, I think, on record, 400 billion in assets. Uh, 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 And in this famed Riverside uh, church was this remarkable pastor, uh, Jim Forbes, James Forbes. And uh, and he said said one time, in order to get into heaven, it will require a letter letter of reference from the poor. 
Um, so uh, anyway, all that's just the setting here for Matthew uh, 25 being a strange text on Christ the King Sunday, but a fitting text for us because um, some of the um, words behind and the inspiration for Matthew 25 is what leads you to East Brentwood Presbyterian Church. And so um, tell me first uh, a little bit about um, the work that you were doing. Well, tell me a little bit about the work that you were doing beforehand mm-hmm. and now how in that and some of your experiences there that has led you to um, say, I want to do this work within the church. And tell us yeah. a little bit about your own story. Yeah, so I just recently transitioned out of policy, and that is a huge transition from policy um, into the church space. But for me, it is a familiar um, transition and almost like a return home. Um, Growing up in the church, I was so involved in all of the things, um, youth group, singing in the choir, Mm -hmm. leading choir, prayer, scripture, all the things. Um, And so that kind of just really stuck with me. So as I move forward throughout life, I kind of just naturally gravitated toward um, opportunities for me to serve in my Matthew 25, if you will. Um, So being an educator, I was serving in my Matthew 25. And when I think about policy, the least of them in policy are youth. Young people, Uh kids, Um, they're often overlooked when you go to advocate for certain issues. And that's something that I noticed immediately. It didn't take Mm -hmm. long for me to see that, okay, this may not be the space for me to like really live out what I want to live out, which is serving um, in any capacity. Um, Let's go back to where you grew up. Where was that? Okay. (laughs) Because I had you up in New York, but yeah. where you grew up is a long place from New York. Yeah. So tell the listener about where yeah. you kind of where you grew up. Um, I grew up in South Georgia, um, deep South Georgia, Douglas, Georgia, yeah. um, about an hour and a half from Florida. Um, growing up in that area, just a very rural area, and having the opportunity to work in places like D.C., like New York, yeah. um, I really saw the overlap in Mm -hmm. rural communities and um, inner city communities, honestly. Um, So it was like, oh, the things that my parents were doing when I was a young person and Uh they were serving as Matthew 25 people, but they weren't just out here like, oh, we're Matthew 25 mom and dad. Um, They were just doing it out of the kindness of their heart, serving youth in our church. Um, And I saw that in that small area. So it's just like, if this is what can happen with so little how much could happen once I get to the places and spaces mm-hmm. where there is more access? So um, it sounds like your parents are great inspirations for modeling what it means to live into the Matthew 25 yeah. uh, teaching of Jesus. They are um, great role models of that, even in their personal lives. And they're not people who often talk about it, but any chance I get, Mm -hmm. I do mention that my parents raised two children who were not their own. Um, Mm -hmm. They took them in. My mom's sister transitioned um, early in her children's lives, and it was not a question. My parents immediately Mm -hmm. just took up the responsibility and children who Mm -hmm. now no longer had a mom, Mm -hmm. they had their aunt and their uncle. So now they had somewhere to live. They had food. They had all of these things that Jesus has said in Matthew 25 about what we should do and how we should act as it concerns yeah. the least of us. Well, I tell you, and, and then 
the undergrad was in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. Then you, I think you had a foray in education with a master's degree mm-hmm. in the University of Illinois, Illinois. Mm-hmm. and then Columbia Teachers College, which gets you up to New York City. Mm-hmm. And then um, you, uh, you spoke of being in the policy space, and then you mentioned children. And what type of policy work were you doing with children? Um, yes, so I was primarily working um, for health and hunger, um, health and nutrition. Mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to actually speak for the 13th annual um, Chicago Food Justice Summit last year. And in that space, I advocate for children who are hungry, children who live in areas where there is no grocery store that has fresh produce, um, what we would consider a food desert. Um, So that is what I was advocating for, advocating for the hungry. So a lot of times people, and you know, it's interesting. It's my own conversations with my own self as a local church pastor. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel that um, my life is very local. It's, you know, going to the hospital. It's, 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 how do I help somebody who shows up at the door who needs help? And I think of, you know, if I could scale up the care and mm-hmm. therefore you start thinking about policy, yeah. you know, um, of what you can do around policy at a, a larger scale, whether it's local or state, um, national, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're in the national space. Yes. Um, and now you've, you've, you've kind of gone against that a little bit mm-hmm. of what we think of how do we do something big and that we can do a lot um, in a different way, and that's chosen you to say, um, I want to come into the church. Yeah. And uh, and we'll talk about what our larger church is doing, mm-hmm. but here at um, East Brentwood, um, tell us a little bit about what your work will be here. Yeah, so here I'm serving as the coordinator of faith formation. I will literally have an opportunity to work with everyone um, from youth and with the youth, um, especially as it concerns being a Matthew 25 congregation at EBPC, yeah. we'll have opportunities to serve in mission um, and to honestly serve in the local community. Um, and that's one thing that I truly believe is essential as you think about, oh, you're coming from D.C., you're coming from New York, you're coming from all of these big places. Why? Why come back to a small space? Because it's in the small spaces where people still say hello to you, even if they don't know you. It's in the small spaces where people will shake your hand and pass the peace, even if it's your first day or your first Sunday being in the space. And for me, that is the essence of joy. That is where joy starts. Um, And with that, in the Matthew 25 space um, and being in the church, yeah, like this is just the origin of where we heal the world around us. Um, And if I can serve within a small congregation and reach five people, those five people can reach another five people. And then it just keeps trickling on. So, okay, so um, we were just talking right before we turned the camera on about you... um, uh, Last night, uh, we do Room in the Inn, mm-hmm. which means uh, six homeless men. We receive them, and uh, and they are placed to have a good meal and place to take a shower and to and and to sleep safely. Yeah. And uh, you were here last night, I was. so um, that's that's pretty local. That's pretty small. Mm-hmm. That's six, but it's. You, you, you had a chance to sit down and have food with them? I did. Um, I had that. an opportunity to um, serve and set up. So prior to the men being received here at EBPC, mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to partner with Aaron, um, Debbie, Natalie. We set up beforehand. Um, yeah. And even just in that experience, being able to take 
fitted sheets out and flat sheets out and put them on a pillowcase or put them on a bed. Mm -hmm. Just in that, knowing that I was preparing to receive someone, there was mm -hmm. just so much of a fullness of a joy in me. Um, and then just as soon as they were here speaking to them and as soon as they were coming in, oh, we would like coffee, we would like coffee immediately on it but while i'm on it yeah. still having conversations still engaging with them and for me it's truly the actualization of what jesus said in matthew 25 um about yeah. the least of us um we're supposed to yeah. be amongst them we're not supposed to separate ourselves or isolate ourselves from them um but yeah the room in the end last night just having a moment to share in genuine conversation um, with people that honestly walking and passing would we have ever spoken? Yeah. Would we have ever mm -hmm. had a conversation? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's in those moments yeah. where you get to talk. That so week. that was very local, yeah. but um, we are a, a Matthew 25 church. Um, you're coming into the Presbyterian mm -hmm. Church USA kind of uh, um uh, it, curious and uh, and and excited about what you're you're, you're seeing, and you're finding out that it, it's a national initiative that we have, and uh, um, uh, and we before you came had declared ourselves a Matthew twenty five church, uh, addressing issues of poverty and addressing uh, congregational vitality. Mm -hmm. That as we get out the doors, uh, we can find our life and our life in Jesus as we get out and to serve. Tell us a little bit more about what you're finding out about the Matthew 25 initiative and, and how you hope that you can help breathe, um, breathe, breathe that life into our church and our community of, of yeah. being a Matthew 25 church. Um, what I'm finding out about being a Matthew 25 congregation is that it honestly feels like a big family reunion. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Say more. Um, and I say it feels like a family reunion because I've been at EBPC for what, a full month now? Yeah. And literally last night, um, Susan and I, just real quick, we were talking and she's like, oh, come out and see something I heard about, some things that you have going on with relocation. Um, let me help you out a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it's like in those moments where I'm able to interact at a very deep level, um, in my opinion, with someone that I see that, oh, if these people are receiving me and I hear about the initiatives that they have, the angel tree, room in the inn, mm -hmm. um, mission trips that you all engage in, um, Glenview Elementary that you all support, I'm finding out that family and what we think of as family is truly being there to hold each other's hands, to pick each other up, um, and to be able to lift each other up when we need it. Um, and I'm just seeing that all around in my personal experiences, but also just in the things that are going on here. Mm, great. And, um, and so the Matthew 25, um, you said something on Sunday that, um, um, and then I wanted to segue this mm -hmm. to what we'll be talking about next. Um, and I'm going to have you back for another uh -huh. podcast, by the way. Um, you don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> count on it. And and so uh, you were talking about um, the, some of the use and alliteration, I believe, around the Matthew 25. Do, do you remember what it what it was? Or I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, sorry. I, I, um, but uh, I'm thinking about... Let's go back. I'm going to go listen mm -hmm. a little bit longer on this podcast here because um, it's when I back go back to James Forbes's line that um, one has to have a letter of recommendation if they want mm -hmm. to get into heaven from the poor. 
Um, listener, what do you think about that? And, and Anajane, what do you think about that? I mean, because it brings up this notion, because uh, first we have to ask ourselves, let me go ahead and answer part of my question uh, by saying that it brings up this whole question about how do we regard the poor? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you can look, address it from your policy work. Mm-hmm. You can also address it from your faith perspective mm-hmm. and the work that you're doing now in your current position. Um, we have to kind of deal with this question. I, I, how do we regard the poor? Do they, are, are they poor because of bad choices or are they poor because um, of structural systems? Are they poor because um, of moral failures? Um, just what is it? I don't know if Jesus really gets into that no. and analysis. I, I don't think that's our business. Um, it's Same not more. our, I don't think it's <laughs> one thing that I like to, um, hear people say is that, oh, I like to mind my business or I mind my own business. Yeah. And I think when we get into the details of why, oh, why are you homeless? Why, um, do you not have food? Why, why, why? There can be a litany of answers, um, on why. And it's really, it gets us caught up if we get into the whys because we can get into all of these uh, complex conversations that I often saw in the policy space just around simple things um, such as hunger and mm-hmm. finding solutions for eradicating hunger. Yeah. Um, so when I think about um, that why around uh, poverty and around um, just the Matthew 25 congregation, I was getting off a little bit um, in my head because I began thinking about another policy conversation. Um, But moving back to policy, um, in that space, there's just not an opportunity to really see the solutions because there's so much cluster around why, 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 why. So I think God doesn't get into the why because it's truly not our human business. And because our thoughts are not God's Mm -hmm. thoughts when Mm -hmm. we get into the why, um, sometimes we don't want to offer solutions when we come up with an answer as to why someone is experiencing something. Well said. I was calling up a Something I had seen, uh, Christian author uh, C.S. Lewis in mm-hmm. the book The Problem of Pain. Uh, he's writing a chapter on hell, and uh, and and uh, he he uh, it's as if he's trying to say, you know, judgment belongs to God and God alone. And in this very last sentence of this chapter, hell, in his book The Problem of Pain, uh, Lewis says this chapter is not about your wife or son or about the Emperor Nero or Judas Iscariot um, about, you know, the why. Why are they that way? Why are they that way? Why is this happening? Um, he says, take that off the table. He, he says, ultimately, it comes down to about you and me. And where are you when it comes to um, one's interaction with the poor? And what Jesus seems to be saying in Matthew 25 is that when you um, are... Um, interacting with the poor, you are interacting with me. And it is not for you to figure out whether they deserve it or not, because uh, while you are doing this is if you want to see Jesus, um, then you have to kind of deal and embrace them. And I know that in my own lives, I have some, sometimes I'm, you know, I've been in proximity to um, the people for whom Jesus speaks in Matthew 25 a lot. And I always have to deal with, um, um, I think we all do, uh, whether or not it could be our fear, 
am I going to be taken advantage of? Am I safe? Um, do I think they're worthy? Um, uh, and, and some of that gets you with reputation. Um, uh, pastors, uh, folks, about whether or not we're going to side with the work that uh, William Barber's doing around in the Poor People's Campaign around Moral Mondays. Uh, well, how will out in the suburbs will I be seen by my parishioners if I side with kind of uh, take up with William Barber saying? But then I, I think I mentioned on Sunday that part of it is I, um, I have apprehension sometimes to take these words of Jesus seriously because I don't want to get taken into the other people's chaos. Mm. And because um, it just seems there's a complexity to other people's lives. And yet, um, and there's one more piece, and, and, and that is sometimes I feel like I don't know what to do. Yeah. And it takes us out of control. And... And there's a richness uh, that can come, I think, when we don't know what to do. And there's a richness to God. And that sometimes when we acknowledge that we don't know what to do, but be present with somebody who has a need, we find that there's some learning that, uh, that we can have about mm-hmm. who we are that deepens our relationship to God. Uh, any, I don't know if anything gets prompted uh, in, 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 in my kind of musings here, but all that is again on this on 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 on, on the YouTube and the Facebook. Um, it's good to have you here. I'm glad to be here. And, Extremely uh, glad. Uh, so this is we're going to get into a, 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 this joy uh, as we enter the Advent season, and we decided uh, uh, Nate and Anjane and I have decided to. To do the theme of joy is an act um, of courage, because, folks, it seems like uh, with all the despair that's going on in the world, it's easy to fold up the tent, and why bother, why care, and and then to fall into dis- to despair and what can make any difference. Um, but one of the things that we're interested in is. Um, is the practice of joy. So we're going to come back and talk about that next week. And uh, again, glad you're here. Thanks for listening to Music, Word, Hope, and Prayer. And what we're going to do is Nate's going to offer a little bit of a a medley uh, of the servant song as well as uh, what does the Lord require of you to seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with your God. So that's uh, what Nate's going to be offering on this podcast. And here's the prayer for Music, Word, Hope, and Prayer. And it is this day, quiet us, O God. Quiet everything in us so that we can hear you this day. So we can hear the harmonies of hope and the notes of challenge. So we can hear the melody of gratitude that wants to emerge from our hearts. Quiet us so that we can follow the word. And if we cannot follow them, let the words follow us. However it happens, let your word and our hearts meet. Quiet us, O Lord, so that we have a chance to hear your clanging promise this day. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Thank you for joining East Brentwood Presbyterian Church today for music, hope, word, and prayer. To learn more about the life and ministry of EBPC, our commitment to being a Matthew 25 congregation, or to support this ministry with a financial contribution, visit us at our website, ebpctn.org, or visit us on Facebook at East Brentwood PC, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, EBPC videos. Mm-hmm.